the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Whether we recognize it or not, the world needs a Savior. Someone who can pay the price for the massive debt of sin that we owe. Join us today as Pastor Rander takes a look back at how God did for Israel what He desires to do for each of us today in this message, The Redeemer and Savior of Israel. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. A whole series on Nor and the Ark, several, spanning several uh, chapters. The next couple of weeks, we're going to do some messages as it relates to Israel and the Messiah. And then we'll transition from there, probably do something as it relates to the elections. And then from there, we'll do something on financial stewardship as we approach Christmas and Thanksgiving. So you won't find yourself broke and mismanaging funds on Christmas. There are, you know, some prevention type, uh, preventional type of things. And then we'll go into Christmas messages. And then we'll probably start in one of the books of the New Testament and begin to track through the New Testament. So there is a plan. And it's a Maranatha Bible teaching church. You bring your Bibles, because if you don't bring your Bible to Lord House, I'm sure you won't bring it anywhere else. So, and then underline, make mark, asterisk, highlight, red, bracket it in, because we're going to be coming from the pages of Holy Scripture. With that being said, turn with us to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 1 through 15. The book of Isaiah, a great prophet of God. Uh, chapter 43, verses 1 through 15. It's on the screen, but uh, we, you still need to look in your book, handle the book, and there's something by handling the, the pages of, of the scriptures. Isaiah 43, 1 through 15 is the text. The title of the message is The Redeemer and Savior of Israel. The Redeemer and Savior of Israel. Isaiah chapter 42 ends with God's sorrow over Israel's rebellion as well as her spiritual condition. However, here in Isaiah chapter 43, in spite of Israel's spiritual rebellion and failure, God, out of his unconditional love, will show them mercy. He will bring back Israel from captivity and restore her. Now, the basic theme of this book is found in Isaiah's name, which means salvation is of the Lord. Isaiah's name means salvation is of the Lord. Uh, The same God who delivered Israel into captivity will release Israel from captivity and restore her. Uh, This will serve notice not only to Israel, but the surrounding nations that Yeshua alone delivered Israel and is her savior. Say the word Yeshua. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A. Say it again, Yeshua. Uh, Yeshua is the Hebrew name for Jesus. Yeshua is the Hebrew name for Jesus, which means Jehovah will save our salvation. 
Yeshua is the Hebrew name for Jesus, which means Jehovah will save our salvation. Also, there are lessons uh, to be learned for us today as Christians from Israel's rebellion, Israel's captivity, as well as Israel's restoration. This particular passage is broken down this way. Verses 1 through 7, you have Israel chosen and redeemed by God and assured of his divine presence and protection. Verses 8 through 10 is Israel to be a witness to the world. And then verses 11 through 15, you have Israel's promised deliverance from Babylon. You say that was kind of fast. That's okay because we're going to break it down in bite sizes. So now let's look at verses 1 through 7. Israel chosen and redeemed by God and assured of his divine presence and protection. Look at verse 1. Look at the text. It says, but now thus saith the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. In this verse, Isaiah prophesies in the spirit and sees a day when Israel will be judged by God because of her rebellion. In the midst of judgment and deep distress, God, Israel's creator, speaks words of comfort and assurance even in her rebellious state. He comforts Israel by saying to her, Israel, I created and formed you. There it is in verse 1. I created and formed you. It was the grace of God that brought Israel into existence out of nothing for the praise of his glory. He said, why did, why did God bring Israel into existence in the first place? For, for the same reason he brought you into existence, for the praise of his glory. God also says in verse 1b, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You know, God knows your name. And he says, you are mine. He said, I don't, I don't leave you wondering. You don't belong to any other nation, any other group of people. You belong to me. I made you. I created you. I purchased you. You are mine. In other words, God is to be Israel's one and only God. And Israel is to belong exclusively to God as chosen people created for the glory of God. The scripture says in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 7 and 21, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. In other words, God formed Israel. God created Israel for his glory, for his honor, and for his praise. And by the way, that's not just for Israel. God created you. You did not just happen to come here, some stalked and just drop you in. We, God created us. He created man. As a matter of fact, Psalms 139 says, We are fearfully and wonderfully made. God made us. He gave us our eyes, our fingers, our toes. Our toes. He he gave us a soul, a body, a soul, a spirit. Everything we have is 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 from God. So we are His by creation, in that He created us, and we are as Christians are His by salvation, the redemptive work of Almighty God, beloved. Like Israel, we must be mindful that God created, saved, called, and equipped us to share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ for his glory and the edifying of the church. 
My friends, you are here. You were created to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit, to represent God on earth. You are salt. You are light. You are a child of God. You belong to Jesus Christ. You are to dispense and witness the gospel to those who are perishing. And then we come to church not only to receive the word of God, but to edify. Say edify. To edify means to build up. We, we, we are saints who build up one another. We don't bite and we don't devour and we don't tear down. That's enough of that in politics. It's enough of that in the world. When we come here, we want some love. We need peace. We need hope. We need something to hang on to. So when we go back out there, we can survive. Amen. Therefore, we should not have a divided allegiance because we, too, uh, like Israel, belongs exclusively to the Lord Jesus Christ. As we look only to him, God will guide us as we faithfully carry out our God-given assignment. All of us in here are missionaries. Say missionary. When was the last time you viewed yourself as a missionary? You say, what is a missionary? Not, it's just not somebody who goes to Africa and India. Everyone who's born again is a missionary. The, the root word of missionary is what? Mission. And we are on a mission for Christ himself. My wife and I came to San Antonio and we viewed ourselves, even to this day, as missionaries doing the missionary work of God. And we see even those with whom we, to whom we minister as missionary opportunities. This is a missionary church. That's why we got ministries all over the world, because we are mission minded. I am a missionary. I am not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Tea Party. I am a missionary. I'm on assignment for Christ. I am his ambassador and I am representing him in a foreign land. This world is not my home. Don't stay here so long that you don't want to leave here because you're going to leave whether you want to or not. Why don't you say amen? Scripture says, I have redeemed you. Now, the words, the words redeemer, redeem and redemption are common uh, throughout the book of Isaiah. To redeem means to buy out of slavery. Uh, it is it's to ransom. It, to, to redeem means to release or to deliver. God's redemption of Israel from Egypt was a divine intervention that transferred ownership of Israel from Pharaoh and the Egyptians to the Lord. Israel is God's covenant people and his own special possession. That little bitty country, that little country, Israel, that's about the size of New Jersey here in, in, in America, is, is his own prized possession, his own special people. But I want I got news for you too. You're saved. You're washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You too, like Israel, you are Christ's own special people for his divine purposes. You, you are saint. You know what a saint? A saint is one who is set apart, set apart for the divine purposes of almighty God. The scripture says God is Israel's redeemer. Have you ever witnessed God's ability to elevate you above a problem you created, but only he can resolve? Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to explain how God can redeem and save us even from ourselves in this message, the Redeemer and Savior of Israel. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin.
in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 22 and 23b, it says, I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions. You know the word transgressions? Transgressions means what? Sins. Your transgressions, your sins, and like a cloud, your sins. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. In other words, I purchased you from the slave market of sin. I redeemed you from Egypt and all of these places. Uh, Verse 23 says, for the Lord has redeemed Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel, right? His name was changed to Israel and glorified himself in Israel. The same God who delivered Israel from the harsh slavery and bondage by Pharaoh and the Egyptians will also deliver Israel from Babylon and bring her back to her homeland, the land of Israel. Because Jehovah sees Israel's restoration as an already accomplished reality, she needs not fear, but only trust God to deliver her in the fullness of time. The scripture says, look back in the text. We'll marry not the Bible church. We reference the text. I want you to see it's not what I say. It's what the book says. It says, I have called you by your name. You are mine. Y'all see if it's in your Bible. If you haven't torn out that page, I have called you by your name. You are mine. This speaks of God's ownership and special love relationship with his covenant people, Israel. Israel had no special qualities, nor did anything to earn God's love, nor did we. We don't deserve to be saved. We we can't work our way into salvation. We're saved by the grace of God, the unconditional love of God. God sovereignly chose to love Israel because of his unmerited favor and grace toward her. And why does God love you? Why did he save you? He saved you because he loved you. He saved you for his own divine purposes. He saved you for his glory. He saved you for his honor. God wants to use you in a mighty way until he calls you from labor to reward. You're not to sit here like a bump on a log. You have work to do with all this hell around here, with all the evil all around, with all the psychics and sexual promiscuity. It's time for God's people to rise up and and tell folk about the good news of Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 7. 7 through 8a says, the Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. Verse 8, but because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers. In other words, he was telling Israel, I, I didn't choose you because you deserve to be chosen because, because you were so great in numbers or because of your mighty deeds. I chose you because of my own love, my own grace. God is saying Isaiah 43, two and three says, when you pass through the waters, look at that powerful passage. When you pass through the waters. Now, some of y'all like, some of you want to go over the waters. You know, you want to go over your troubles. You want to go over your crisis. You want to go over. You don't want to go through anything. And then when you go through, why me? The question is, why not? Israel didn't. uh, Israel's trials did not. She didn't go over her trials. She went what through her trials. So look, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. That's the presence of God. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you when you walk through the fire. You shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. In other words, I was with you through 
the fire, through the rivers, through the waters. And somebody here, you may be going through trials and calamities. Listen, God is not going to be your bridge over troubled waters. He's going to take you through those trials and he will not leave you and he will not forsake you. God comforts and assures Israel of his love, of his continued presence and protection. When Israel passed through waters and rivers, it will not overflow them. And when Israel walks through the fire, they shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch them. Isaiah is saying no trial or adversity is beyond the protective hand of God. Did you hear that? No trial or adversity is beyond the protective hand of God. I want to say it again because I wanted to sink in your spirit. No trial or adversity is beyond the protective hand of God. Whatever, wherever you are in life, some of you are in a hard place. Some of you have been disappointed. Some of you have been greatly hurt. Some of you are at a crossroad. Some of you is the issue of the job. Some of you is the family. It's the children. It's the, it's the health crisis. I want to, it's finances. I want to let you know nothing you go through is beyond the protective hand of God. Even in the midst of Israel's divine chastening by God because of her own rebellion, a compassionate, merciful God comforts and assures her of being preserved in the midst of captivity by the Babylonians. There is a future for the nation Israel and God will restore her in due time. Israel will not be consumed totally, even though she goes through trials. And let me tell you something. When you go through your trial, I know I've had trials. And let me tell you something. You're either coming out of crisis, you are either in a crisis, or you either about to go in a crisis. You say, well, I have never been, a cri- been in a crisis. Just keep saying good morning. <laughs> Sooner or later, and you don't have to go look. Well, I'm sure looking for some hard times today. You, you crazy as a Betsy bug. Listen, trouble knows your address. Trouble knows your address. Israel will not be consumed uh, totally, even when she goes through trials, and neither will you as you look to Jesus. Also, there are tremendous spiritual application for all of us here today. Like Israel, we also go through our own deep waters and fiery trials, and our Lord will not allow them to consume us. We must keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. We must remain faithful and keep our faith and hope in Christ alone as we suffer for him. He will intervene and deliver us in the fullness of time. Therefore, beloved, I submit to you today, hold on to the promises of God and be assured that the presence of God is with us in the midst of our afflictions and that no trial is beyond the protective hand of God. First Peter chapter four, verses 12 and 13, and then verses four, verse 14a and verse 16, it says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials, which, which is to try you as though some strange thing is happening to you. Listen, whatever you're going through, you, there's somebody else have been right where you are. I don't care. Well, you say, you don't know. I got cancer. Somebody's had cancer. I've lost a toe. Somebody's lost a whole leg. I lost one eye. Somebody's lost two eyes. Uh, my child died. Somebody's lost three children. You see, I don't care what you go through. Somebody else is going through far worse. So he says, uh, as if some strange thing has happened to you. Uh, in other words, even when standing for Jesus, you're going to go through trials simply because you stand and you witness for Jesus. Verse 13, but rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings. 
that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. Look at that now. If you are approached, uh, if you're persecuted, if you are harmed because of the name of Christ, look, blessed are you. Now, some of you bring trouble on yourself because you're being a fool. Some some of you, some, some folk are you, 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 some folk are hypocrites. Some folk are liars. Some folk are smooth liars. Some folk are hypo- hypocrites. Some folk, some folk throw rocks and hide their hands. They gossip. They sow discord. They they hit. They, they hit. They fight. They talk down folk. They slander. Now, when you when you sow that, you're gonna reap that. You will reap what you sow. Okay. So it's not so some trouble you bring on yourselves by your own attitude and your own bad disposition. But when you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. When you stand for Christ and you are persecuted, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. And you listen, persecution has come to America and it is only going to increase. America is becoming more and more antichrist. I mean, they've taken prayer out to school. I mean, they're, 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 they don't want in God we trust on the money. They don't want God in the Pledge of Allegiance. They don't want everywhere there's God. They want to erase it, erase it. And God says, have it your way. Take me out, but you'll reap the whirlwinds. You, we need people that will say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven and heal their land. God needs people who will fall down on their face and cry, Lord, have mercy for their own soul's sake and for the sake of this nation. Verse 16, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Don't be ashamed to be persecuted. Let them talk about you. Let them call you a holy roly. Let them call you names. Let them, that's okay. Uh, They call Jesus everything, but, uh, but the son of God, you stand your ground and trust Jesus and hold, and he will bless your faithfulness, but let him glorify God in this manner. Look at verse three, a, it says, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. In other words, a loving God comforts his people, Israel, as he reminds her in the midst of Babylonian captivity that he alone is her God. God, the Holy One of Israel, her Savior. You see that? Look at that. He says, I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He's saying that about Israel. Don't don't forget who I am. But you know what? Even we Christians today can say the same thing. Uh, We can say, too, that we serve the Lord God. He is the Holy One and he is our Savior. Is he your Savior? Is he your master? Is he your Lord? Is he your God? Are you willing to stand for him? He saved you. He delivered you. He emancipated you took you out of darkness and out of the slave market of sin and purchased your salvation and brought you into the marvelous light. Why don't you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. 
The idols that Israel worship could not deliver. The idols that Israel worship could not redeem. The idols that Israel worship could not save her. God is her one and only savior. For the scripture says in Isaiah chapter 45 verse 21b, and there is no other God besides me, a just God. In other words, he's a God of equity, a just God and a savior. There is none besides besides me. In other words, God is God all by himself. Verse 3b says, I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place, while other nations were given over to judgment and destruction. The Lord preserved Israel in the midst of judgment and gave Egypt, Ethiopia and Seba, which is possibly a country in southern Arabia, as a reward or ransom for Persia's kindness in releasing captive Israel from Babylon. In other word, God blessed Persia for being such a blessing to Israel by releasing Israel from captivity. After Persia defeated the Babylonians, you see my friends, God blesses those who bless Israel for the scripture says in Genesis chapter 12 verse 3, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Listen, Bless is America when we remain friends with Israel. If we want the blessings of God on this country, we better treat Israel right because that principle still holds true. It is not outdated. It is it is just as intact today as when it was first said way back there during Abraham's time. He will bless you when you bless Israel and anti-Semitism is on the rise. Uh, the people who despise the Jews, the, uh, Israel is surrounded by nations who wants to just wipe her out, push her own into the sea. Uh, the, 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 they, they hate Israel, but I'm, I'm so glad that America's Israel's friend. And I pray that America never becomes Israel's enemy because we will be in big time trouble. We, he says, I will bless those that bless you. And I will curse those that curse you. And I don't want to be cursed because I'm messing with Israel. But I got news for you today. As a Christian and as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, when people mess with you, they mess with God. That's right. And when people mess with your God, they ought to be messing with you. You remember when somebody talked about your mama, daddy, you remember you got all ruffled up. You didn't just say, God bless you. <laughs> you didn't say, God, listen, you rose up. You, if you didn't have hair, you grew hair. Don't you talk about my mama. You talk about my dad. No, you ain't going now. I give you two blackers. You know, you, uh, no, no, don't, don't you mess. Don't you mess. With, now you, sisters and brothers could fight all the time. But I tell you, when somebody on our side want to pick on them, they had to fight all them brothers and sisters. They fought each other. But hey, I bet you, you better not dip in there. And let me tell you something, that's the attitude we ought to have. When they blaspheme the name of God, you ought to be riled up and you ought to have a righteous indignation because God is your heavenly father. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. When you mess with God, you mess with me. And when you mess with me, you mess with God because me and God, we are in close relationship with one another. I'm his child and he is my daddy. Why don't you say amen? When we disobey God, we set the stage for our impending destruction. God is our only hope. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. We must walk by faith and not by sight. 
We must obey God and look to the hills from whence cometh our help. And where does our help come? It comes from who made heaven and earth. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.